From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, freelance on-camera meteorologist and former Weather Channel meteorologist Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter, Bill Johnson. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is Stormfront Freaks podcast and Stormfront Freaks Raw. For those of you that are watching our recording on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV, uh, hey, we're always looking for feedback from you, so please drop us a review uh, or an email or a social media message. You can find us at stormfrontfreaks.com. So this is episode 31, and for the first time, we actually have three guests joining us tonight. We have the Storm Chasing Trio, uh, the Tornado Trackers. We've got Jeff, Jeremy, and Gabe with us this evening, and we'll also be spending some time with them discussing the future of storm chasing and where we all kind of see that heading. And of course, our Weather Fools, WX Resources, and winner of our weatherproshop.com drawing, and of course, much more. So uh, those of you that, that found us and watching us live tonight, thanks for finding us. Apparently it was me that kind of messed up that whole uh, link scenario, but everybody got on. We're good. <laughs> I think everybody's happy. And we are on a skeleton crew tonight. So I mentioned we have three guests which is a first, and we actually only have three co-hosts, which might also be a first. Be I don't a first. Yeah. It could be. So uh, it was definitely skeleton crew, but we got enough guests to make up the difference. But let's go ahead and introduce everyone, as we always do, find out what everybody's drinking for a happy hour. Uh, and if you're listening or watching, as long as you're not driving a car or working heavy machinery, I hope you join us. <laughs> Uh, MJ up in Minnesota, our Sky One Radio Coordinator, uh, fill us in on what you've got this evening. I've got a uh, got one of my faves back to the uh, Grain Belt uh, Northeast, oh, yeah. uh, right here in Minnesota. So that's really a favorite of yours. It's not just something you've had laying around for six months. <laughs> no, I actually do. I actually have bought it several times. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's good. All right, and I'm drinking um, because it is summer and it's hot. But I did my manly activity the evening. Because last week we had a storm come through uh, here, and, and we had a tree. We're, our backyard goes up to some woods. We had a tree fall down in our backyard, and it's been sitting there for almost a week. Because every morning I wake up thinking the gnome, the garden gnome we have out front, will go cut it up and take care of it. And he hasn't done it yet, so I actually had to go out with a chainsaw today and, and rip that up. And so I'm drinking my liney summer shandy this evening. Sweet cooling off after my manly work and then uh maz is back we've missed yeah. you for like a month i Absolutely. think dude. yeah i was in tibet no. of course <laughs> <laughs> i had to go all the way to tibet to get a liney's canoe paddler Ooh. there you go you travel by canoe it takes you a while to get back another liney now I've, i don't think i've heard of the canoe paddler before yeah yeah it's, 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 it's pretty good. good i got it from the sampler and um i gotta say i like almost all of them except the cherry one which to me personally tastes like vicks and i'm like <laughs> yeah that reminds me when i was sick i'm not drinking that again so yeah, yeah. reminded me when i was six and i got kind of a little tipsy on that stuff <laughs> on liney 
Uh, yeah, no, on VIX. No, <laughs> oh, okay. Kidding. I'm kidding. And, and we'll do a little informal introduction because I know our guests, I filled them in on happy hour. So I hope they're uh, joining us in some regards. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. Where, where are you this evening and what are you drinking? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Dallas, Texas. So I'm on a little family vacation. And so I'm yes. pulled up in this hotel and uh, kicked the family out. They're doing well. Got a little Cabernet wine tonight. Try nice. to settle some of my um, uh, anxiety from being at a water park all day. So <laughs> doing well. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're running on empty. We'll we'll uh, we'll have no to question. get get everything out of you we can get here in the next ten minutes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jeremy, where are you at, and what are you drinking? Yeah, I am in Denver, Colorado, right now, and I'm drinking Colorado's finest uh, banquet beer, Coors, Golden nice. Colorado. Yeah, there it is. banquet beer. Oh yeah, That's right. Because because you know we're having a banquet right now. It's really fancy. That's right. We get fancy That's right. on this show. Uh, very good, <laughs> Gabe. Where are you at, and what are you drinking? I am in a little town called Melrose, Florida, just outside of Gainesville, and I am drinking one of Ireland's finest exports. Jameson, Whoa. There you go buy the bottle. Are you going all in? Are on you the drinking rocks? it out of the bottle? <laughs> Straight out of the bottle. You got at least a nipple on it or something, or what? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> hey, I I've I was listening to Jim Cantore's show and he said he was gluten he had a gluten oh, yeah. intolerance. Yeah. And couldn't drink beer. Jim, if you're listening, this is the workaround. <laughs> uh, the distilling process the distilling process kills the gluten. Oh, oh. See, and right as, right as I mentioned with air, him. Too. What's as I mentioned with you, healthy drinking choices, and uh, we're we're more than game to do that, you know. And I think one of these shows, guys, we got to do some kind of a stormfront freaks. We got to have a mixologist or two, I think, on the show to develop some special drinks for yeah. us and our guests. We'll, we'll name them after all the guests. We've we'll have like one drink will be called the Tornado Tracker. There you go. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to do something like that. But all right, well let's let's let, see. I knew you guys would like it, uh, Maz. Maz, I'm going to turn it over to you to give our gentleman a a nice, good, formal introduction. Awesome, thank you, Philippe. Hey, we're going to talk about tornado trackers, storm chasers. These guys are the real deal here. Uh, tornado trackers was founded back in May of 2013 when three friends. You guys are friends, aren't you? Yeah, we're yeah. yeah, you're all muted. You can unmute to say yes. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like bobbleheads there. What the heck? Anyway, yeah. so Jeff Magnum, Jeremy Heyman, and Gabe Cox—they created a joint Twitter account to keep friends and family updated on chases, which is really cool, by the way. Since then, all three have worked together to maintain tornado trackers, both in the field and through social media, with the simple goal of sharing their enthusiasm for all things weather. Now, at the heart of what they do lies a complete fascination with storms and a genuine excitement to be part of the larger community of weather fanatics worldwide. And there are a number of us, by the way. Their footage has been broadcast on many networks, including ABC, NBC, CBS, The Weather Channel, CNN, National Geographic. That's awesome, you guys. And they were recently identified by Wired Magazine as one of the top storm chasers to follow on Twitter. So first wow. of all, hey, that's awesome. Congratulations, Thank guys. You. We're, we're you. giving you Thank the – it sounds like one guy clapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hey, so that's not your full-time job. What's, what's your grown-up jobs, guys? We'll start with Jeff. 
All right. My, my full-time job is I'm actually a pastor in Austin, Texas. So, yep, I, I do a lot of uh, teaching on Sundays, but I get to create my own schedule by and large. So it frees me up a little bit to do my lifelong hobby and passion. Wait, and what were you drinking again? <laughs> <laughs> a little wine. <laughs> there, there, you there you go. go. That explains. Um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, as long as, yeah, as long as the tornadoes stay away till after 12, you're okay, right, on Sundays? I'm, 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 I'm solid gold, baby. Solid gold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, how about you? Yeah, I'm a mental health counselor uh, up just north of Denver. Um, just actually moving there uh, with my wife. Uh, we've been spending a few months on the road, just enjoying camping and hiking uh, this summer up in, in the Colorado region. But we'll be settling uh, in August where I will uh, be joining a group practice. Very cool. So what's the tent you have? What are you staying in? Yeah, we, yeah, we have a two-person tent. It's uh, pretty cozy in there. It's uh, one from REI and it's, it's worked out pretty well. We've had a, a little bit of rain on it, but uh, by and large, uh, it's, a, it's a cozy little two-person tent. How many years have you been married? Uh, just about three. Okay, that's still the two-person tent works great then. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it works great. Yeah, how, how'd you, how'd you uh, get that $800 price approval taken care of from her? Did you have to no, fight she, for that? Or? Yeah, no, she likes, she likes it too. She likes it. <laughs> okay. It works out. It works out. Awesome. But yeah. There's All right. some storm How, equipment I got to get approved to. So. Let's get to Gabe because he's feeling left out. I could tell. How about you, Gabe? Yeah, come on, guys. Uh, I am a freelance filmmaker. Um, so I do anything from documentaries to music videos, corporate videos. Um, and like Jeff, I get to set my own schedule. Um, but I can chase on Sunday morning if I want. So are you yeah. the video maestro? Uh, yes, I am video maestro by default. Awesome. So they, so they send it. everything to you? Is that... You're kind of stuck with that. That's kind of the workflow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, what works, man? It's a team effort. I get it. That's right. I definitely get right. it. So, so you guys, I assume you all st- you all met because at one point you were in the same state together or something. Is that correct? How how that all yeah. happened? How'd you meet? We were all we were all in Austin uh, when we formed the group. So my wife and I moved to Jacksonville shortly after we formed the group, actually which was tragic. Um, but we're moving back to Austin now. Going to reunite with the team. Okay. Oh, so we are moving back, huh? Yeah. We're moving back. Cool. I got to okay. be closer to the tornadoes. So, so tell, I, so here's what I want to know. So you started all together, but then since then you've, you've all branched out. Uh, you've kind of yeah. stayed together as a team, which is cool. What I want to know, and, and each of you can answer this individually, what, what's unique about where you live now or maybe where you did live, you know, since you moved to Colorado, but what, what's unique from a chasing standpoint about your home turf now? Yeah, I can, I can start there. Um, Colorado, just the high plains in general. um, I think we have some of the most beautiful picturesque tornadoes up around this region, you know, Wyoming, Panhandle of Nebraska, um, out there in Eastern Colorado. So we're excited to have a, a team member out here. And uh, of course, who doesn't like traveling to Colorado? So uh, me and my wife are excited to have Gabe and Jeff out here. So we're, we're excited to have a Denver office, if you will. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fun to drive there unless you're coming from Cincinnati by car. Then it's not so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was just in Nebraska by car too. And I can tell you, that is a long drive. Let me tell you. Sounds, sounds brutal. <laughs> Jeff, how about you? Yeah, um, with Austin, you're kind of at this uh, central point of a lot of different action. You got Houston, which just floods three or four times out of the year. So that's about three hours away. You got 
hour and a half from San Antonio, just south of us, which is known for ridiculous hail. Um, uh, shoot up north to Dallas and then to Oklahoma for some tornado action. And then uh, three hours away is Abilene and towards West Texas and then the Panhandle for some of uh, some Panhandle Plains. And so uh, it's not very active in Austin, but uh, I'm always on the move for two or three hours of driving, it seems. Yeah, you chase Texas, it's like chasing four states. You are not kidding. It is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> but there's always something happening in, within those four states. True, true. Usually true. No, I, just saw, I just saw a tweet today that right now to this point, Georgia still has the most tornadoes so far for 2017. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Huh. Not, and I think Texas was too, but yeah, Georgia was beating <laughs> Texas. Yeah. Wow. There was a big, what, January through March. Uh, yeah, they had a big start. Yeah. They had a big start. Yeah. Gabe, how about you? What's unique about uh, Florida from a chasing standpoint? Uh, I get to curse at trees and swamps a lot. <laughs> yeah. And terrible road networks. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of dangling off the continental U.S., hoping for a hurricane out here, but we've been in that darn hurricane drought. I'm darn for chasers. It's been great for everyone else. But um, yeah, I moved to Florida originally 11 years ago, which was when the drought started. Um, and they got Hermine last year, which I was able to chase. And Matthew, I followed it up the Florida East Coast. Um, that never made direct landfall in Florida, but it got, it, it beat up the coast pretty bad. So are you, um, are, are you giving that up now that you're moving to Austin and just going to chase on the Texas side or, or from, from a, a tropical storm standpoint? Not giving it up. Um, okay. it's, easy, it's, it's easier with hurricanes because you can plan ahead for those. Yeah. Um, so I'll have the opportunity to, to fly out when I need to crash with friends out here. Are you, uh, are you letting the rest of Florida know you're leaving because now the hurricanes are going to come back? <laughs> yeah, right? true. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, everyone's you're, you're like man. the opposite of Cantori. <laughs> I sealed my fate this year. I planned a family vacation in Maine to visit my parents for the entire month of September, which is peak hurricane season. So just be forewarned, everyone in Florida, September is going to be out of control. It's going to so be a tell, Maine so hurricane. Give us, uh, guys, give us a little, because I think we'd be remiss not to ask you guys about your group, Tornado Trackers. And, you know, we mentioned, Maz mentioned you guys founded that in May 2013. Um, but what, what's gotten you from that point to, you know, being listed by Wired Magazine as one of the top storm chasers to follow on Twitter? Happy accident to that point. There is absolutely no reason that we should be on Wired Magazine's top six. We know dozens of other accounts that are yeah. far beyond ours. I, this, is, this is my theory. We try to figure this out internally every day. I think because we got forced to choose tornado trackers because it was the only thing left on Twitter. That's how the name came about. Created. That put us on the top of the search list. People are looking for tornadoes. Hey, whatever tornado works. trackers is going to come up. Mm-hmm. Happy accident. Whatever works. We have yeah. made zero effort to, to try to do anything else. You just gave that idea away. Now everybody's like, yeah, let's start. The- <laughs> yeah, tornado everything. <laughs> How'd you go from hey. first place to last place in one year? <laughs> hey, we switched our name to yeah, bathtub trackers or something. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Binsky, he said, uh, 
Uh, I watched his, his episode and when he said after the, those six were revealed on Instagram, he said, hey, I, I'm not saying that's the order that those six should be. And I just said, amen, brother. I, I could not agree more. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think, because I looked at it, I do think they put numbers in the front of it, but obviously it's an opinion piece. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I do yeah. think I do think that's that's definitely a great honor. So I'm I'm going to yeah. ask, how often do you guys now chase together anymore? Does that happen much? We've managed to pull it off every spring. Um, mm-hmm. I have an incredible wife who forces me to go out every May and chase with these guys. So we've held the team together that way, and then we uh, we help track storms from home when we can't go out and help load up content. So we keep the, keep the team together even when we're not out together. Yep. If you could pick one state to, you, you could never leave that state for tracking ever again, what would be the choice that you'd want to track in? Wow, good uh, question. Oklahoma. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to convince my wife to move there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to convince battle. your wife to move there. <laughs> Wait, don't, do your wives all get along? Or are they like, oh no. Here they come. <laughs> uh, they get along very, very well. I, th- I think the thing that probably drives a lot of uh, um, our our chasing is the fact that if chasing didn't exist, uh, we're as close of friends as there is. And so uh, I know that sounds maybe even a little bit cheesy, but but we really do. We, we text nonstop all day about anything under the sun. And so when we get to chase together, it's just kind of a expression of the things that we love to do we get to do that together but man we're, we're always connected so when you guys are gone for like a week or something you come back as the visa bill like five thousand or something <laughs> from shopping definitely yeah. have to budget it in yeah. <laughs> darn storms <laughs> yeah and it's Gasoline. such a good hobby to have i mean such a good hobby to have as anyone knows who's you know i'm preaching to the choir here on on this show but the weather is just constantly dynamic so it's constantly something that you can pay attention to and uh weather twitter is always an exciting interesting place and so yeah it's it's a pretty awesome hobby to have and uh as three friends you know it's like the question why does the group work it's like the question you know how 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 do friendships work you know it's there's kind of a mysterious element that uh that is always there and that's that's what kind of bonds our team together first and foremost and so that's kind of the energy that always drives us. And so it's hard to put a finger on it, but uh, we, we just really like each other against all odds. <laughs> so were you high school, high school buddies? Co- co- I mean, where'd you guys meet? Where, how did it happen? It's probably a bar, church. right? <laughs> <laughs> a church bar? I'm going. A church bar. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> uh, you don't need to apologize at all. So, um, now we, we met at church, which is, is crazy. I think uh, Gabe and I were on staff at the time and Jeremy, I think you were on staff at the time. Uh, and so I, I remember one day we found out our infatuation with storms, like a nuclear bomb went off in that office. The three of us got together and sent everyone else to their offices, and we started whiteboarding our our first <laughs> chase together for about two hours. Pretty ridiculous what we did, but it was it was so much fun, and, and it was more than anything. It was uh, it was just good to to meet some other guys that that we were always in proximity with that had the same passion. Because you know, uh, infatuation with weather and storm chasing is kind of a unique 
unique bird. And so it was good. To, it was kind of like a release for all of us, you know? So when you guys chase, is, is there like one designated vehicle or like, hey, let's take Gabe's car this time? <laughs> I think Jeff's by default has all the hail dents. Yeah, so, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> as often as we can, yeah. we take the car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's, what's the setup look like inside of it? What do you guys got going on in there? It's pretty non-impressive. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I chased in a, what, about a month ago or a few weeks ago with, in Wyoming and Colorado and Nebraska with a buddy in Dallas. And his car was so perfectly set up. And he said, is your car like this? I was like, man, it's nothing like this. It's a trash dump. And so I'm jealous of cars that have, have some uh, proactive thinking to it. So what, what about main, the rest of you guys? Main, what, what you guys? IPhone. Yeah, is that the same, same thing for uh, Gabe and Jeremy? Same kind of set? Do you guys have a setup at all in your cars when you're chasing yourselves? <laughs> Just an extra cup holder or what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, say, I have an iPhone, I have an iPhone mount and an iPhone, and that's that's essentially it. And then I have a DSLR that I use for filming and and taking photos. Um, but that's pretty much it. And it's it's simplified to a fault, and we can get into that later. <laughs> talking do you, about do you a, mount a do you mount your Canton. do you mount um, any cameras, or you're using your DSLR just when you get out of the car? Yeah, uh, we have um, we have camera mounts. Um, okay. But I mean, it's it's really that simple. It's a camera mount, a camera, and our phones to track storms. Yeah, I gotta yeah, tell you, you guys got the coolest videos though, because I was on your sites and I'm like, for an iPhone camera, is that what you said? <laughs> no. I, oh, you guys aren't taking oh, that have, stuff with an iPhone. Are we you? have I'm a plethora like, of cameras. Yeah, I'm like that'd be like the iPhone 100 or something that's <laughs> not out yet. Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, one of our most popular videos I shot with a iPhone 6s. The 4K camera on it is. Pretty impressive. Um, yeah, so I, I shoot also with a Sony A6000. It's a just a great entry-level mirrorless camera. Uh, yeah, like these guys were saying, it's it's pretty bare bones. We ride pretty bare bones. Um, but the iPhone is really kind of the the heavyweight man. You can you do everything on it. You track, you tweet, you you know take quick pics and things like that. So it's an impressive device. You're not just trying to get a free iPhone now for saying. <laughs> you hold it up and here it is <laughs> all right so so if you're if your car setup is pretty basic which nowadays you kind of can be but what are you guys doing in the morning when you're kind of looking at setting up your target what what kind of sources are you guys using what do you like to look at uh to identify where you're going for the day yeah, we look to Gabe. We we ask Gabe. <laughs> he's 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 the brains of the operation for sure. Um, and he's so Gabe, if you want to field that, perfect timing. <laughs> um, uh, we use a, a few different sites. I, I think the main one is uh, Pivotal. I don't know if you guys have used that at all, but it, we get day two days before we're, we're looking at the Nam. Um, the day of, you know, we're utilizing all the the short range high resolution models. Um, probably no different than what everyone else is doing. Um, surface observations, visible satellite. Once things start going off, we're looking for boundaries. Um, and then radar scope. That's the, uh, that's the Mac daddy. We use that one nonstop. <laughs> once, once things have initiated and all that, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. 
So what is there a particular, is it NAM? Is that the model you tend to focus on day of or, or what are you looking at there? Day before uh, we're using okay. the NAM, well, and day of, um, just to, to bounce the other um, forecast models off of, but it's, it's a combination of things. We don't have one model that we base everything off of. It's, we're, we're flipping through them all and seeing where things line up, looking for consistencies. And, and, you know, who knew Vietnam had the best model? That's funny because, you know, when we started this podcast, the goal is always to make sure that we're not using crappy scientific <laughs> jargon. term jargon and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. And now we're throwing NAM and, and stuff like that. So, so we should probably clarify. So Pivotal, so what is it? Pivotal.com? How do you spell that? Because I'm not familiar Pivotal. with it. Pivotalweather.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, pivotalweather.com. Okay. And it's got, it's got how many of them? It's got all the models on it? Uh, it has a lot of them. Okay. Um, yeah. So you have the, the HER, the HRRR, the NAM, yep. um, and then it has yeah, the uh, NSSL models, um, the RAP, yeah, GFS, Euro. Okay. Yeah, I'm from the, the old crew. days when it was like nested grid model, boss. <laughs> they have no clue what you're talking about. Man. Bigger <laughs> in the air, what? spit on it. Where is that? <laughs> they grew up with an iPhone in their hand. It's like, it's like VHS. Yeah, beta VHS. So entitled. So entitled. <laughs> All right, so guys, what? So so tell us. Here's here's what I think a lot of our listeners would want to know. None of you guys have, which is this is what I love. None of you guys have an atmospheric science or meteor, meteorology background or, or a degree, right? Correct. But obviously right. you're chasing, you're finding the storms, you're getting great footage. So there's really two things that you've picked up, and that's number one, how to interpret weather and weather models and, and find that. Number two, obviously you've picked up some skills in photography. Um, if, if nothing else, let's first start with your, your weather skills. How how have you gone about learning that? So if you're telling someone brand new, they want to learn more about that, give them some tips on what you guys did. Yeah. yeah. What's, and what's, and what's okay. bifurcating? Come on, let me hear some meteorology. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I started, I, I would fall asleep with the uh, Audubon Society weather field guide booklet in my hand when I was a kid. Um, and then as soon as I found out that the National Weather Service offered free storm spotter classes, I was in every year I'd go. Um, so that was the base starting when I was, uh, I was, I think I was a teenager the first time I went 12 or, or 13 or 14. Um, that's where it started for me. And then just diving in, um, reading articles, uh, like you said, we grew up with the internet and everything, all the information on hand, we could just type it in the computer, whatever we want to know. And it would pop up, um, and then for chasing technique, that was more of a trial and error thing. You can watch all the storm chasing videos you want, but when you get out there, it's completely different being in the field. Um, but yeah, just uh, doing research on our own and uh, started with those storm spotter classes. Yeah, we definitely value just being learners and not kind of settling ever. Um, obviously, how the field has kind of accelerated with the age of the internet and kind of open access and things like that there's a new model, a new website, a new analysis tool coming out uh, every, you know, six months or whatever. And so just staying uh, students, uh, obviously. So I grew up in Nebraska and as a little kid, you know, just seeing storms roll through spring and fall and uh, fall in love with storm structure and 
uh, all of that watching uh, uh, local meteorologists and kind of gleaning information from them. So it's just been an acquisition over uh, years and years and decades and um, then finally meeting these guys and uh, they definitely let me in on, you know, go to the Skywarn class and here's some, here's some online tools and let's dive in. So definitely take baby steps. Uh, it, it takes years and years. So it requires quite a bit of passion um, and kind of that X factor uh, because it's, it's, it's definitely not, and we feel, we still feel like, you know, there's such bigger fish always, you know, there's always dudes we look up to and ladies we look up to. And uh, so we try to kind of keep a humble attitude about it. Okay. Go back to Nebraska. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Lincoln, so I'm a corn husker. Shut up! Yeah. I knew we were kindred spirits, man. <laughs> yeah, I went to school there. I actually oh, was on the air there too. Oh, right on. Ten eleven, yeah. Oh, ten eleven, absolutely, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so I yeah I graduated in oh uh, 2010 actually. So. Uh, then moved down to Austin, so uh, not too not too far. <laughs> what, what you yeah. Matt is like, nice. dude, I was way gone by then. Jeff, how about you? I don't want to miss you too. What about you? What are some tips for learning well, about weather? And well, I think for, I think for me, uh, I, I learned by as I, I feel like most of my life I, by trial and error, and so. For me, it was a, uh, my first chase actually started May 27th, 1997. So that was uh, Gerald, Texas. Mm. And so I went to college about 20 minutes north of there. So I chased before I knew what the crap I was doing, which uh, I do not suggest. I want to go on record. I do not suggest. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was a pretty predictable day once the storm system started going. After that, Skywarn. Uh, anything that the Natural Weather Service was putting on, I was there. Uh, so my, my desire was to go to Oklahoma uh, and get a meteorology degree. Ended up not doing that, stayed in Central Texas. So um, it's been classes, it's been online trainings. Um, and to be honest, uh, I think that's what makes uh, it so beneficial to be a part of a team. Um, if you take the three of us, I think we all add some kind of unique aspects to it. Um, these two guys are just significantly more smart and brilliant than me um i just like to dive right into a tornado if i can and so they tell me you shouldn't do that you should do that go here <laughs> so uh so th i think there, there's a little bit of uh it's not only training and you know going to college or universities but there's also a bit of a team dynamic that that actually helps one another figure that out along the way but you know cool. plus if there's if somebody makes a bad decision there's still two of you left so you <laughs> Like two thirds is still good. That's right. The name, the tornado tracker name, can still live on. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're gonna jump to our lightning round. Uh, on that note, so lightning rounds are fun uh, round of questions. Used to be quick questions. Now we've kind of changed it up a little bit. We are doing something brand new we've never do, done before. I think we've covered almost every game show. Yeah. On our show, but we've never done the newlywed game. And wow. I thought, because we have three guys from a, track, from a team that have been working together for all these years, I thought, what a perfect opportunity to pull in the newlywed game. That makes sense. <laughs> so, on that yeah, note. How do, you, so, how do you do this with all guys? It, it's, it's Stormfront Freak <laughs> yeah. style. You know, we do all these games. We've got to adjust things a little right. bit. And so, so, here's what we're going to do. I, I have actually previously sent out questions to these guys. 
And uh, we're going to go through, and, and we, there's two rounds here we're going to go through. We're going to start with the first round. And, Jeremy, I'm going to start with you, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and here was the question that we posed. What animal best describes you when chasing a storm? Jeremy, what did you say best describes you? What kind of animal? I said a basset hound because I'm a little sleepy and I'm a little, maybe on a chase, a little cranky that I'm not in my bed after a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basset hound. So Gabe, what, what animal would you describe Jeremy when he's chasing a storm? What did you say? Bear with me, Jeremy. Oh, I man. said, oh, man. I said, a, I said a homesick platypus. <laughs> <laughs> and here here is why. <laughs> a platypus is three animals in one. Jeremy oh is multifaceted. He, he can do it all. Um, I would trust him with uh, all of our cameras, all of our forecasting, all of our driving. Um, and I say homesick because he hates chasing alone. Um, we've, <laughs> Jeff and I have seen that when we've been uh, forecasting for him and he goes out by himself. He, <laughs> he admits it's not as fun. And it is. It's brutal to chase alone. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I love that. I love that. He likes All the right, brotherhood. So plat- platypus and basset hound. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to call that a match. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go to Jeff. Jeff, what, what animal did you describe Jeremy when he's chasing a storm? Not a match. Uh, I said owl. And so, um, listen, I spent a lot of time on Google trying to figure this out. So, too much owl, time. Not too much time. Maybe an hour and a half, maybe two. That's so, a lot of time. <laughs> that's too much time. <laughs> My wife said, why are you on your phone in bed? I'm like, I'm trying to figure this thing out. <laughs> uh, so an owl, because uh, Jeremy is absolutely wise. He's got that old soul. And, and so um, uh, we always trust that. And, and he's always listening before talking. And so I think probably one of the best things about him is that he's, uh, he's quick to listen, even on chases. Uh, I can talk a hundred miles an hour nonstop. He just listens. He's good. He's good for me that way. That's so good. that's good. Yeah. Well, I, we're not going to call that a match either. You know, I, no. I didn't, I didn't get overly risque with these questions, but the fact is my guess is you guys have had to spend some nights in hotel rooms together. For sure, yeah. I probably could have gotten a little risque with some of these questions, but I didn't. Okay. Gabe, I'm going to Gabe. Gabe, what did you say? What animal best describes you when chasing a storm? A donkey. Specifically, Eeyore. I, I can be pretty monotone. I think I'm the pessimist of the group. I'm going to go ahead and, and claim that. Fair. There's never a good forecast in the morning. I always have my doubts. Um, so, yeah, I said donkey. All right, donkey. Not, Jeff, not a flying, Jeff. talking donkey? Yeah, Jeff, what, what animal did, would you use to describe Gabe? What would you say? Oh, well, I call him a fox. Uh, because and maybe now that I hear that, Gabe, Foxy. I'm like, he's the most clever and smart when it comes to uh, models and kind of understanding um, certain observations. And so we, we di- divert to him every time, but um, he has a way of, even in real time when we're chasing, he's got a way of not only reading radar, but having a, a bit of a sense of where we need to go, what's next. So uh, he's yeah. a fox. All right, not a match. Sorry. No, no points there. Uh, so we got no points here yet, guys. Jeremy, wh- what animal describes Gabe? I said a parrot. That's not a match, you guys. <laughs> you want him on your shoulder, and you know, on the pirate ship, he's, he's the real captain at the end of the day. 
<laughs> and when we get chasing, he gets he gets chatty too. So he he lets us know where we need to That's go. That's true. All That's right, true. all right, we're we're moving on. We have we have zero points given out so far. All right, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, what what animal best describes you when chasing a storm? What do you say? Awful. Um, I'm a squirrel. Uh, a squirrel is all you do is you need to do that, and that squirrel turn around and go toward it. So if there is any cumulus cloud. I'm on it. All you need is a new one, a new one, a new one. I go pure ADD when it goes to chasing, and okay. I'm all in. We got, we got a squirrel in the car. Jeremy, what, what did you say describes Jeff? I said a spider monkey because uh, if, if they're up, <laughs> tripods are his tree, and he just has a million of them, and he's got all the cameras and arms everywhere. <laughs> jumping around. <laughs> okay not not quite a match close not quite gabe what animal did you say describes jeff <laughs> i said a rabid squirrel yeah oh, we got a match <laughs> i had to add another level to it because jeff you are next level energy when thank storms you. are around thank you all right do you drink coffee too or what mm. Not really. Yeah, I do, but that's not what gets me going. All right, so I've given Jeff and Gabe 100 points. We're going on to the next one. Uh, Jeremy, I asked the question, what irritates your partners the most about your chasing behavior? Mm -hmm. What'd you say? Yeah, so I said uh, I'm the quiet one, and maybe I'm a little uh, too relaxed. Okay, quiet and relaxed. All right, Gabe, what what irritates – what 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 part of Jeremy irritates, I guess, you and his chasing behavior? I said delayed warnings about driving off quickly while I'm hanging out in the vehicle. No <laughs> <laughs> problem. Which fine. A couple Commun- of times it almost ended tragically. So we have communication issues. That's kind of yeah. what what that would be considered as is communication challenge. Jeff, yeah. what what uh, irritated you about Jeremy's chasing behavior? Well, I, I think uh, I think we we would all agree to some degree that the last few years since being married and then going through his master's program, he couldn't just jump up and chase with us anytime. So um, uh, obviously that's respectable. And uh, but but I knew oh, stop he, trying to make it nice. I, I knew he was frustrated, <laughs> but he couldn't go uh, more often than not when when he wanted to. So all right, too selective. All right, so uh, no matches there. All right, Gabe, we're going to go to you. What What do you think irritates your partners about your chasing behavior? Breaks is what I said. <laughs> Gosh, that's true, man. God, I hate that. I do hate that. I mean, I hate it when, when I'm traveling just with my wife and kids across country and we got to stop to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I'm like the yes. kid of the group. Yeah, oh, wait till you're man. 50 years old, all right? I'm just saying. Some, yeah, get some bladder <laughs> extension surgery or something. There's, there's got to be something like that, right? All right, Jeff, so what, what was it? What did you say about Gabe's I'm chasing behavior? I'm way too nice on this. I want to I redo this thing, man. <laughs> uh, uh, my man Gabe is a perfectionist. And so um, I'm thinking through a, a, that, high, that high risk about two months ago, in, uh, early, early May, mid-May. And uh, for him, he, he doesn't – if he doesn't have the exact setup he wants or if there's too many good setups, he doesn't know where, exactly what he wants to do. And, and if it doesn't pan out, he is very angry, very frustrated. So, Eeyore. Yeah. Back Eeyore, to Donkey. Back to Eeyore. Little, I get points for that. I get points match. for that. Uh, okay, I'll give you 50 points. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna give, uh, so, Jeremy and Gabe, 
You guys got 50 points. All right, and then we're going to go to uh, – no, Jeff, Jeff and Gabe, sorry. Uh, Jeremy, let's go with you. What did you say about Gabe irritates you? Yeah, as the as he's the film guy, he's the director, and so he, uh, he, you know, his camera has priority. So we need to get in the right position and turn at the right time. And so, hey, I can't fault him for that, but he he's the director. Don't move and, and don't, don't drive move. when I'm getting my shot <laughs> out the window. All right, okay, uh, we're moving on. Let's go. All right, Jeff, it's your turn. No matches oh. there. Um, we gave. So what do we give? Jeff and Gabe, you guys got 150 points. Yeah, it's stretching a little bit, but we'll give it to you. All right, Jeff, <laughs> what what do you think irritates your partners about your chasing? Mine should be obvious, guys. Um, the fact that I am trying to handle fifteen different video and photography gadgets at one time, and I suck at fourteen of them at that same time. Uh, that's got to be it. I cannot handle all that gear at one time, and I try. You try. Hey, good effort, man. A for effort. <laughs> yeah. You brought your A game, as Tiger Woods would say. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, what did you say? Ir- Jeff irritates you. Specifically, I said the the bushel of tripods that he brings every day. <laughs> oh, there we go, equipment guy. <laughs> and he thinks he's going to use them, but he never he doesn't even use one. Nope, nope, I don't. <laughs> hey, you got to come prepared, man. Thank you. Thank you. Man, don't start a breakup with these guys. <laughs> All right, so 100 points, 100 points to Jeff and Jeremy and Gabe. I'll finish it uh, with you. What did you say irritates you? Jeff irritates you guys. I said man versus technology. Oh, yeah. oh that's good, too. There you go. There you go. I'm very very good. I'll give you 100 points. 100 <laughs> points for that. Okay, so we finished Jeff and Gabe. You guys got 250 points, Jeff and Jeremy with 100. There you go. I don't know what that means. You know, we make <laughs> half this crap up anyways. But uh, hey, I appreciate, appreciate you guys having some fun with us. Yeah. Um, what, where, where can people follow you guys? Give us a little, little uh, social media and website info. Who's in charge of the website? That person. <laughs> <Yeah. Eddie Cup. laughs> go for it, Dave. Uh, tornadotrackers.org is our website. Um, our biggest attraction is our twitter account uh again by accident uh that's at tornado trackers on twitter um and then tornado trackers on instagram now that we have accidentally been nominated we're keeping up with it follow us on there (laughs) better better man very good all right so uh weather uh weather hey they're the only source for high quality sky worn weather spotter merchandise and reference tools uh, they have embroidered T-shirts, which are sweet. We're actually going to be giving one of these away here tonight. Uh, I'm holding up one now. Uh, Pro Performance T-shirt, great sky-worn uh, embroidery on it. They got polos, caps for men and women, by the way. Cool. They have report logs, IDs, and great laminated reference guides for spotters and chasers, including their new dual-pole radar training pack. Uh, that's also being given away tonight as well. Uh, all kinds of great. These are all laminated uh, radar training tools, outstanding resource. And new customers setting up an account will receive 5% off their order. And for a limited time, Stormfront Freaks listeners will get an additional 5% off at checkout when they enter the code, uh, the code, I always say that, they enter the code STORM, S-T-O-R-M, uh, enter that code, you get 5% plus if you're new, another five. And that makes math majors more. 
<laughs> yes, more percent <laughs> discount, exactly. So lots of reasons why you should visit and support our partner, weatherproshop.com. And guys, they make great anniversary presents. Make sure you get one for your wife this time. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Our podcast listeners will hear the latest edition of the Titans U Minute with Chris Sanner. And uh, stay right here because we're going to be back with the Tornado Trackers to discuss the good and the ugly future of storm chasing. And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Sanner. Last time out, we talked a bit about photo composition and some do's and don'ts. Today, I want to get technical and talk about aperture, shutter, and ISO, and what they mean when it comes to storm photography. To do that, I'm going to use your eyes as an example for each. When it comes to aperture, think of that as your lens pupils dilating or closing up. A lower number equals a more open aperture reading, or a more dilated pupil. The higher the number, the more closed off your pupil, or aperture, becomes. For storms, I try to stay in the f5.6 to f11 range. Your mileage may vary though, but this is a pretty solid landscape range to work in. Shutter speed is like your eyes blinking. When your camera shutter fires, it opens the sensor up to light for the amount of time you set as your shutter speed. Many cameras can fire their shutter at intervals as short as several thousandths of a second and as long as indefinitely with a bulb setting. Shutter speed is one of those things that there aren't sure answers to any scene. Ideally, if you are shooting handheld and without a tripod, not recommended, you'll want a shutter that's faster than 1 100th of a second at least. With a good and sturdy tripod though, that can be shorter. Lastly, ISO is known as digital gain. It's like if your eyes had a special implant that enhanced every scene to allow you to see details better when it gets dark out. I call this the red button of photography, which I don't try to push unless it's absolutely necessary. Why? ISO introduces noise, which can eliminate detail in a scene. My best advice here is to try to shorten your shutter speed and open up your aperture as much as you can first before you push the red button. Photography is an art form for sure, as well composed images, well, they're the most important aspect. However. Knowing the technicals is important too. For storm photography tips, check out Titan U at tornadotitans.com. Also, find us on social media. Simply search Tornado Titans. We'll see you next time. All right, welcome back. Hey, we thought this would be a great time with our guests here to get people's opinion on where the future of storm chasing is going and, and not just talk about, Hey, the good, cool stuff, but also talk about maybe the, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly of storm chasing, you know, where it's come and, and where we kind of see that going. Uh, I mentioned to the, to everybody here in the, the panel, you know, we could talk about vehicles and equipment resources, where video and photography is going, uh, the footage, safety and convergence, benefit to the public and money. Uh, I'm going to just kind of open it up and, and definitely we want to hear, you know, Jeremy, Jeff, Gabe from you guys also where you guys see it going. Cause you've been really highly involved in that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Crick, so I um, just, 
crickets are chirping. <laughs> so I think as uh, smartphones, so the, the iPhone's only been around for 10 years, which is pretty crazy. Um, and so we're only on the front edge of uh, what handheld devices can do. Right now, it's kind of our one-stop shop by and large. And so I'm excited to see what the next five years holds for radar technology on devices, uh, cameras, um, navigation, social media, and things like that. So, I mean, 10 years ago, we couldn't even have dreamed of what uh, a, a device like a, a smartphone could do. So uh, I'm also really excited about uh, drone technology. Um, obviously, I don't think that's been utilized even close to what it's, uh, its extent. Obviously, it's an expensive hobby still. And so there's some investment, but I'm excited. Uh, I know the military is at least developing some disposable drone technology. Um, and so I think storm chasers and generally would need uh, a little bit of insurance there uh, to know that uh, and, and cost would need to come down on some drones, but um, we're, we're barely touching the, the uh, kind of the future of videography from up in the air and also with sensors and, and research and things like that. I think you really think drones, they're going to be able to be in a situation just because of the high winds. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's the extent that you think they'll be using drones for storm chasing? Definitely. I think just in general, um, the consumer will use them for an interesting angle to shoot a storm at, um, something that nobody's seen before. I've, honestly, that's that's the thing we're chasing uh, often is a new angle as, a, as the best shot. And so, like I said, if the cost can come down um, and so, uh, a consumer could maybe lose a drone and not take a big hit to their bank account in a storm, um, but yeah, I'm not really sure uh, right now. Yeah, if you if you get too close to a storm, I mean, your thousand dollar investment is is right. gonzo. So uh, you'd need a little bit of a disposable drone, I think. But, but I imagine yeah. when you talk about getting a different angle on it, we've talked about that in a couple shows in the past. You know that idea of when you get the, you know, the trees in the way and the telephone poles in the way and the things like mm-hmm. that. Well, this would give you get up there and get a shot without those things in the way. That'd totally. be kind of cool. Hundred percent. I think the, um, Jeremy, you're talking about the iPhone and how it's made everything so available and so cheap. I think that's a pro and a con uh, for storm chasers. I've seen, especially a lot this year, I've seen a lot of networks relying heavily on um, bystander videos that they can get for free. People get excited about getting their name on the news and the station can eat it up for free um, and they don't need to, to, to pay out any licensing fees for storm chasing footage um so i'm interested to see how that evolves i think that's going to force storm chasers hand a little bit to kind of re-evolve um because i'm a filmmaker that's what i focus on i i chase storms because i want people to see what i'm able to see and kind of capture it in a hopefully refreshing light that people haven't experienced and kind of get them up close um so that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking of angles um, so if, if storm chasers can reinvent themselves to focus more on instead of just sticking a camera to their windshield or hanging their video camera out the window, like really taking the time to, to make their footage stand apart, force the hand of the media to say, you know, no one's displaying it this way um, instead of bystander portrait video which everyone hates or loves to hate we love to hate portrait video so let, let me ask you that gabe because obviously that brings money into the picture where have you guys seen from a and i don't want to say 
profitable because I, I think that's probably pretty limited for most. Um, you know, you guys are kind of running the right situation, which is, hey, I've got a full-time job doing something else. And chasing right. is kind of more my hobby. But obviously, you guys got to be familiar with the money aspect of it. Where have you guys seen that grow and maybe start to decrease a little bit because so many average people now have an iPhone in their hands that media can get uh, footage that they want and they need for free because they'll just, you know, credit someone, you know, the good old, hey, do you mind if I use your footage with credit kind of a deal? Right. Um, start, it starts pushing people that try to do this from a money standpoint, push them out. But where do you see that going? Yeah, and I think that's, it's like I was saying, I, I think... I think that's going to be more prominent. More people are equipped with these phones and now an iPhone can shoot in 4k. Um, so you're, you're getting really high quality. And like Jeremy said, we even have a video of ours that was shot on an iPhone in 4k. That's one of our most popular videos. It's an iPhone video. Um, and so people can do that. Someone just walk out on their front porch and there's a tornado in their field. They can shoot it. They're not going to think twice about trying to get money for it. Um, and they're not trying to compensate travel expenses and hotels and gear costs for going out and storm chasing. So they don't really care either way. Um, it's going to be a matter of storm chasers. If they really want to sell their footage, make ends meet so that they can keep doing what they love to do. I think we're going to have to reinvent the way that we film and really start paying attention to how we do it and making it stand so much more above these bystander videos that, it piques interest for media. Do you, do you think it'll weed out some of the chasers just because of that? Um, I think, I think naturally it might. Um, I know that filmmaking doesn't, is not a priority for most storm chasers. I know that a lot of them don't have a filmmaking background. Um, so for sure. I mean, you guys had, uh, Michael Bunsky on here and his stuff is outstanding. He's, in my opinion, he's, top of the list and he's catching cinem cinematic footage that no one else is getting. Um, and it's putting him on top. Uh, he had his footage in Thor for goodness sake. So you don't see anyone else with their iPhone footage getting on Thor. Like Mike is, is setting up, he's taking into account his scene and setting it up and framing it and taking the time to bring it in afterwards and color it just the right way. And, bring it in the contrast that's the right way. And it's, it's working for him. And I think that's what more people are going to have to start doing. If Mike is listening, Gabe, what's your, what's the favorite beer, like a case of beer you want Mike to send you? <laughs> you can just send me another one of these, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, DM me for my address. It's going to cost you. <laughs> so I think the media in which, uh, the medium in which video is really important as well. Um, and so Twitter is so easy access. It's way faster than the evening news, right? And so uh, I think tailoring footage to that and people want to, people on the internet want to see the next best thing. They want to, you know, there's, you, you get bored very easily as you're scrolling through your Twitter feed. And so uh, just the eye catching, the close, the, uh, the interesting, the lightning strike, um, it, it will always be our goal. And And I think we're going to, Obviously, you know, that's a foregone conclusion already. Internet news is becoming the king quickly. So um, how you monetize that is the question as, you know, uh, news stations have advertisers who 
give them money so that they can pay stringers and things like that. Uh, but um, I think feeding uh, the internet generation, the generation that gets bored quickly with the new and interesting shot will be uh, the chasers kind of goal moving forward. And I think, I think this creates a little bit of a um, unique situation for, for the fact that for chasers trying to make money, when you introduce money to the equation, it, it causes folks to choose a side. And here's what I mean by that. If money was not a part of the equation, then the fact that, uh, um, you know, the everyday Joe with their phone doing portrait videos, uh, um, uh, you know, and, and getting those things, that's one of the things I think we value is for us as a team, um, I think it, it irks us or, or causes a little bit of hesitation for us when the weather community can sometimes come across as these storms belong to us, everyone get out of the way. Um, uh, we're trying to get our shots. Uh, the, the weather is for everybody. So it's, it's so liberating when you get to see people in towns and, and, and farmers on their tractors for crying out loud, taking video of amazing tornadoes. That's part of what makes us such a great community. When you introduce money into the equation, then it starts to become, um, I think, a more layered conversation and and becomes a little bit more difficult for us to start uh, having conversations about because on one end we want to see this as something that's not just storm chasing teams but anyone who sees that storm uh, but when it comes to uh, making any kind of money off of this it's trying to think through okay what do we have to do to right or to increase our our ability to make some kind of money off our videos if so many videos look the same and so i think i think we kind of find ourselves in a, in a unique situation and then of course you come into a situation like convergence um, where uh, as as the iphone has become in such a prominent way to take video means what used to be 50 people in certain highways is now becoming 300 400 500 people so i think i think the fact that anyone can take these kind of videos is great this is some very unique and sometimes um, difficult situations for us to uh, walk through. What about, what about like the danger factor, not just convergence, but with more competition, is it, you think it'll cause more chasers, whether they're more professional or less professional to go for that extreme footage and put themselves in harm's way? Yeah, I think so. Um, and like Jeff was saying, when you, when money comes into the equation, it, it kind of drives the passion in a slightly veered direction. We're out there because we love storms. I mean, we'd, I, I go out with pulse storms here in Florida every day just to s stare at dark clouds. Um, but yeah, it's easy to get caught up in like, Oh, I gotta, I, I gotta make money off of this. Like I gotta compensate my travel expenses. And I, I mean, I did that in May. Um, I've had conversations with these guys, but it, it starts to get at you and yeah, you start to start thinking illogically um, if that becomes a little too much of a goal, yeah, people are going to take risks and they're going to, they're going to go farther and farther to get the most absurd shot, uh, possible. And you can see it happening. I, people have, have definitely done it. I mean, it's, it's not necessarily the, the elephant in the room. I think everyone knows that it's happening. Um, but then there are people doing it, um, from a more thought out, safer 
uh, vantage point, you know, people doing the uh, 360 videos in a tornado probe, um, which is, would be an amazing vantage point. And nobody's really gotten it very well um, and really clear shot. But that's something that I've seen a lot of people going after. We had talked about potentially doing that, but there's enough people out doing that now trying to catch that new, this is new technology, 360 degree video. And it's a new vantage point. We've had video of tornadoes going over probes, but we've never been able to sit and look at all of uh, the angles as it's doing it. So that's one thing I think you'll see. Um, I, I don't, if someone doesn't get it this coming tornado season, someone will get it the next because there's at least, I know of at least a few probes that are out there equipped with those video cameras. It's kind of a taste of how things are progressing. And even if, if I think it's, you take the 360 uh, a viewpoint of a tornado, it's not even that it's just the better view. I mean, you could probably, if you saw a, a 360 degree angle view of a tornado in a storm, if you watch that and you could probably pick 10 other videos of that tornado that were better, but the uniqueness is kind of what sets it apart. And so it doesn't even have to be better. And I think so it's moving away from who can get just the best shot, best shot, best shot to a little bit more of an artistic, unique shot uh, that kind of stands out. So I think that's one of the things that 360 and, and other other angles um, probably provide for, for people who you are know, and I think, looking to chase. And, and I money. think that'll be, that'll be the challenge for guys like you. I think for the, for the chasers yeah. that, um, you know, really are professional chasers, meaning, you know, you've been paid for your footage in the past. That's going to be what separates now is because everyone's got an iPhone and they're going to be getting footage that outlets can get for free. You guys really got to up your ante. You know, you really got to up the quality of your footage, the, 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 how you're editing uh, post-production that, that footage or those photos, um, getting, like you said, something new with the 360 or with the, um, the drones. I, I think that's you guys got to keep upping your ante as technology is putting more in the hands of the average person. Yeah. Uh, it's challenging you guys to do uh, that much more. So it is. we're, we're going to, uh, we, I think we could probably talk about this all night because this is some good stuff and you guys have, have some good things to share, but I, I do have to cut it. We're going to go ahead and, and at least jump to our final break. Listeners can hear Brady's storm school. The rest of you, can refill your drinks and we come back it's going to be time for our weather fools and wx resources this is storm school where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon why they happen where they happen what causes them some topics we'll cover the things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot welcome to storm school class is in session Hello once again guys, welcome to this week's edition of Storm School. I'm Brady, and on this week's episode I'm going to be talking about heat waves. Um, we're in that, you know, we're starting to get in that time of year, July into August, where you can get some very strong high pressure systems that build over the United States, give us some very hot weather, can actually cause fatalities as well. Um, on, these, on this week's episode I'm going to be going into exactly how they form, um, and exactly how they can be harmful to people, especially children. Um, there, there have been a number of hot car deaths um, this summer as well as last summer. There have been 719 total um, hot car deaths in the past, uh, I believe it was 
20 or 30 years. Um, and, and, and this is just one thing that shouldn't happen. So an educational piece about heat waves is something I think um, everyone needs. Let's start off exactly what is a heat wave, what causes it. So as I mentioned before, it's when a strong high-pressure system will build, usually over the central or eastern parts of the United States. Um, and what that, you know, what that will cause, if it's, if it's a very strong high, um, first of all, it will be very hard to move. So it will sit over that same area for a prolonged period of time. And on top of that, so a high-pressure system in general, um, you know, in the middle of it, in areas around um, in that dome of high pressure, the air is sinking. So what I'll actually do is air as it sinks to the surface will actually compress as it sinks, and compression naturally warms the air up. That, on top of your usual summer heat, as well as around cities where you know the the island or heat island effect, like I talked about before, is in play, as well as pollution, um, as well as the fact that that air is just sitting over one area and not going anywhere for a long period of time, causes that heat wave to form. Now, there have been an, a number of notable heat waves um, over the past you know, century. A couple of the most extreme, there was actually a heat wave um, in Europe that caused um, upwards of you know, thousands of deaths. It was actually in France. Um, it, so it was more than 46,000 people died um, in the European heat wave of 2003. Much was concentrated in France, where nearly 15,000 people die. In Portugal, the temperatures reached as high as 117 degrees Fahrenheit. So these heat waves are no joke. They happen all the time, and they can even lead to, you know, some of those deaths, I'm sure, were kids left in cars. So, you know, here's a couple of facts about that. So it takes 10 minutes for the temperature in a car to go up 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's, you know, you leave a kid in a car for 10 minutes, you go to the grocery store, the car, you, know, you left the car, it was 70 degrees. When you get back, it could be 90. You know, on an 80-degree day, temperatures inside a vehicle can reach deadly peaks within 10 minutes. So this is something that you just have to keep in mind when you leave a kid. You know, don't, even, don't ever leave your kid in a car if the temperature is really above 70 um, because it can be very dangerous. Um, another fact, the child's body temperature can rise up to five times faster than an adult. A child dies with a 170-degree body temperature. Um, and even if it's 60 outside, your car can still heat to up to 110 degrees or more. So this is very serious. Um, and a lot of these deaths will happen during these severe heat waves. Um, but if you're looking to predict a heat wave, you know, you're, um, you're looking at the models. Look for a strong high that will come over um, the United States and will sit over one area for a long period of time. Um, and that usually you'll have thunderstorms that ride along the ridge of high pressure uh, within that. Um, but yeah, that, that's what a heat wave is. That's what it'll form. You, you, you know, it'll be, you'll know that it's a heat wave because it'll be 80, 90, you know, hundred degrees for weeks at a time when it shouldn't be, you know, the temperature will be at least nine degrees above normal for at least seven days. That's classified as a heat wave. And you know, hopefully there, there'll be some relief from that. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Sword School. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, welcome back, everyone. It's time for our Weather Fools segment. That's where we show some uh, foolish behaviors that are associated in some way with the uh, weather. Uh, what do you got for us today, Phil? Well, so this happens to be apparently Mike Olbinski night. Uh, we happened to have him on earlier. I don't remember what episode that was, but uh, we've actually had him on a couple times because he was on one of our early bonus shows 
uh, talking about uh, weather photography, things of that nature. So, uh, Mike, kind of tongue-in-cheek on this one as being my weather fool. Uh, if you go to Twitter and go to his account, at Mike Olbinski, he, he had a video. He said, Monster Intercept just now dominating. And I'm going to show this video, and it's basically he intercepts this vortex, and he's not in a car. He's standing there. Uh-oh. Out, and here comes this twirly-whirly right at him. He yeah. doesn't move. He doesn't jump to his car. No. The sucker goes right over him, right through him, literally. <laughs> now, the truth is, is the video is of a dust devil. Right. It's not a tornado. Uh, it is a vortex, but it is not a tornado. <laughs> but that was my tongue-in-cheek weather fool. Because if the, you know, if someone, I always make fun of the people that like go into the tornadoes and call them. You're the weather fool for actually right. doing that. Um, he's my tongue-in-cheek weather fool because he went right into a vortex slash dust devil. However, cool though, right? Yeah, it is pretty cool. I, I would say that. Yeah, I'd agree. It was kind of cool. He, he, I can imagine when he was done, he's like. Pff. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff. So, all right. Well, very good. Glasses. Very good. Thank you, Phil. Um, I've got one, uh, and I think uh, hopefully everybody can see that here. Um, and this <laughs> this is uh, I already know. We have weather fails we have... compilation from 2016, and it's 10 minutes worth of stuff. And of course, I'm not going to show all of that. Uh, but I will show you how it starts off because it's pretty funny how it starts off. Watch, okay, wave, fish. Oh. <laughs> the face. Yeah, right we the see. Face. I think Dina did pull that one out at one point. Oh, did she really? I think she might have because okay. I remember that fish in the face. But uh, you, well, there's you can a keep whole, playing it. There's a now. Nah, what I else is happening? I, I won't. There's a whole lot more. This guy tries to surf on a on a you know semi flooded. Uh, here, I'll play a little bit more of it. This guy tries to surf on a semi flooded and does a flop um they've got tries it again but it doesn't still doesn't work and there goes the uh garbage pail and this guy is gonna have some fun oh man he's snow <laughs> trying to get snow off his roof there he exactly. goes he goes he goes with the snow yeah and it just keeps That's going good, man it, it, it yeah you got fun. you There's, got 10 minutes of your life you just don't feel like yeah, doing funny. anything special that's how you spend it right there weather that fails. is exactly it so that's our weather fools you know check out stormfrontfreaks.com uh, look at the episode 31 show notes and you'll see all the links for that Maz, you got weather resources awesome yes i do thank you very much um weather resources and actually you know what um because i was not familiar with pivotal weather Dot com so i'm gonna have to yeah. look that one up um later after the show but i'm like that had I had one, that probably would have been it. But I'm just saying. I'm... <laughs> you're, you're stealing our tornado trackers. <laughs> That's exactly right. Hey, you know, as long as you give them credit, right? Credit That's to the right. tornado tracker. Who or gives a crap? You give them credit, right? Exactly. That's right. So, Everybody else does. But MJ, you actually have one tonight, right? I actually did pick one, yep. And so here is, um, it, it's it's from MetEd. MetEd has a whole bunch of different um, sort of, courses for love them weather enthusiasts and things like that some of them i don't know quality wise how good uh, all of them are but i know that they have a couple of them for skywarn spotter training and i just wanted to sh- because those 
those get a lot of uh, good feedback from them. I, again, I don't know all their other classes and things, but they have, um, and I get that in show, they've got a couple of courses, Roll of the Skywarn Spotter and Skywarn Spotter uh, Convective Basics. And there are some National Weather Service uh, offices that, uh, that allow this to count as training to get your certification to be a spotter. Um, others, you still have to do the National Weather Service thing, um, which I always recommend anyway. Uh, but it's another thing that you can go to uh, or another source that you can go to for some additional training. And so I thought I'd point that out because it's, it's, it's pretty good. They've got a couple of pretty good courses there. I got to admit, you know what? There is a lot of real cool education on the Internet. It's there is not, a there yeah. is. I agree. It's not just fuzzy kittens for Brady anymore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, kitten. go ahead, Phil Pot. Yeah, I love that. I love the the uh, meted dot ucar. I think dot yeah, edu. Have, is that I what it is? Given that it's it's meted dot ucar dot edu. Correct. Yeah, because yeah, as you said, I I really love that. There's so much there, and I've just. Yep. gone through some of it. They have all kinds of weather courses. So we were talking with the tornado trackers about where they've learned, and that is one outstanding uh, resource yep. as well. I agree. All right, so my weather resource last episode, I talked a little bit about a uh, whizkids.com uh, that, that had some opportunities, if you have kids, to teach them about weather. And I'm going to uh, look up another one that I, I found on PBS. So it's pbs.org. It's a, it's a long URL. I'm not going to share that because it's long. But uh, we'll put that in our show notes. But PBS has a number of different uh, teaching options as well. And this particular one is a student reporting lab STEM lesson plan for storm chasing reveals clues to our weather future. So they say this is for grades 7 through 12. Uh, they talk a little bit about what it teaches, but as you go through this, uh, it gives you what materials you should have available. It's it's a basic syllabus on what to have available, what to teach. There's some videos you can show, and this is what's funny, is uh, if you pull up the Storm Chaser video. There he is. It is Michael Pinsky <laughs> talking about storm chasing. Uh, so this this is great. He, he's getting a lot of deserved credit nice. now. I saw he was on the Weather Channel. Um, I think the program is Weather Geeks or uh, something like that. But he, I saw he was on that program, and, and he's he deserves that. He's well-deserved recognition he's getting. Anyway, uh, lots of great stuff. So if you have anybody or if you yourself are in the, the grade 7 through 12 area, there's some cool lesson plans here of what to do. Uh, you, you can give kids, uh, or I shouldn't call these kids, but these young adults, uh, it gives them opportunities to learn also about uh, climate and, and how, does, how is climate and the ch climate change affecting potential storms uh, in our earth. So lots of great things at pbs.org. Awesome. Very cool. I love the infinity scape too. Very nice. Yes, and of course, if you missed any of those links, you can go to stormfrontfreaks.com episode 31. That's this one. Of course, every episode has the links from those episodes and you can check out our show notes and it has all the links. And in case you happen to miss it or the kids are running through or you spilled your beer on your computer, something like that. Yes. Damn. Phil. Back when that happens. All right. So, uh, Hey, let's l jump to any uh, listener questions or responses. MJ. 
Well, we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of good Twitter chat going on about our show. Some people retweeting some things and so on. We really appreciate that. Uh, Tanise or at Tanise Palmer said, "Great podcast, enjoy." Um, at Weather Pyro, Kyle says, "Oh yeah, nerdy storm chasing and weather chat." Um, weather Pyro. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. At Weather Pyro. Always be um, nice to him. At Max Twenty Nine retweeted. Uh, Something Stan says, if you are a true weather geek like myself, you should give this a listen. Rec- uh, remind me why I loved at Jim Cantori from the beginning. So he enjoyed cool. our, our awesome. show. And if, by the way, if that you missed awesome. the last show with, with uh, Jim Cantori, must listen. You got to go back and hear that. Very cool. Uh, at JaxJag095, Mike says, great podcast, first time listener. Keep up the great work. So welcome, Mike. Uh, thanks for listening to us. I'm glad he's going to listen again, I hope. Based it's on probably that. related to Michael Binsky, right? <laughs> he, could be. he could be. And by the way, Phil, nice recovery uh, from uh, having him. A weather uh, fool. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and we have, you want me to announce the winner? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. We, we had our weather pro shop contest and we had uh, a great response this time. And, uh, we're giving away a weatherproshop.com uh, T-shirt that Phil in the lower part of your screen is showing right now, as well as some materials, some of their new materials. And uh, so, ML Westmoreland, known as at SoonerChick28. SoonerChick. SoonerChick. Nice. Right. I like it. So, ML Westmoreland, you are our winner. Thanks for listening. Please en- or enjoy the T-shirt. And the materials from our good friends at weatherproshops.com. It's probably Melissa, right, ML? So it's, we- it's weatherproshop. Weatherproshop.com. Yep. Gotcha. WX okay. Pro Shop. All right. So cool. Yeah. So, hey, I'll, I'll reach out. We'll contact her and, and get her that stuff. So um, thanks to all of you that uh, participated in that. And I think that about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast and Stormfront Freaks Raw. So thanks for listening and watching. Please take the time to leave us a review. And subscribe to the show so you get the latest content. Uh, special thanks go out to our guests, the Tornado Trackers, Jeff, Jeremy, and Gabe, our newlywed uh, participants. They were, awesome. they were good. And our next episode in two weeks, uh, recording live on July 27th, will be with the Oklahoma TV weather legend, Gary England. And I'm sure we'll be discussing the Gary England drinking game. I'm, I'd have to imagine that's that's going to come up because there we, is one. Can we play? Uh, I've, we should, I don't know. Yeah, we should. We should probably send that out to everybody prior to the show. Yeah. We'll see yeah. uh, how he uses that. So go to stormfrontfreaks.com or our YouTube channel if you would like to watch it live. So for MJ and Maz, there's just three of us tonight. It's kind of lonely. Uh, I will be signaling the all clear, and we will catch you next time. See ya. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices. Zoomradar.com. 
And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stormfront Freaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.